subscribe to from the press box, the Holland Sentinel Sports Staff's weekly press box, where we talk anything, everything sports. I'm sports editor Dan Diodana, alongside Bo Troutman, our assistant sports editor. What up? And we've got just a lot of things. We didn't. We thought this was going to be a pretty tame. Let's talk about the Super Bowl kind of a uh, podcast. But uh, seconds before we started this podcast, uh, Coach D'Antonio from Michigan State has announced that he is retiring from Michigan State. So that changes things a bit and changes the order of which we're going to talk about things. Yes, it does. So we're going to talk about that first. I mean, Bo. I mean, it's been. You know, a kind of a, a down year or two for the Spartans after having so many great years under D'Antonio. Just what's your what's your take as far as uh, this happening and the timing of it? Well, I mean, no offense by this, but uh, I just like to say apologize in advance for Michigan State fans who now have to watch basically a Mac level team <laughs> for the next decade. Um, I don't think this is good. I mean, I think already, I don't think there's a lot D'Antonio could do. But if you look at their recruiting lately, um, and just like the recent, you know, the last couple of years uh, with Lewerke and, you know, those teams, I just don't, I think they're in a downhill slide and this is not going to help um, unless they bring in a superstar at coach. Uh, I think this is kind of bad news for Michigan State. You kind of saw it coming a little bit. I think people knew this was on the table. But, um, you know, I was talking a lot, uh, I was, you know, I was with family uh, for the Super Bowl. And my uncle brought up a great point is that, you know, kind of Michigan State's bread and butter uh, was Michigan and then like Ohio. They got a lot of guys from Ohio. And with Luke Fickle going from Ohio State to Cincinnati, I think that's kind of disrupted that pipeline. For because sure. now Luke Fickle, with all those Ohio connections, is getting those guys. And then, you know, obviously Harbaugh in Michigan, you know. So I think that already the seeds were kind of planted, and now it's like we're going to see, I think, some bad football in East Lansing. Uh, so I think it's too bad, and I think this is one of the starting things like that's kind of po- pointing toward that. And that it's really too bad because it was really fun, like when they were competitive, and you know they were on top of the world when they, you know, were having a lot of success with Kirk Cousins and uh, you know some of those other quarterbacks they had, and it's. it's you know, it's kind of an end of an era. Uh, I think D'Antonio was a great coach. Um, I think he did a lot with a little. Uh, and he's Lansing. I think he really turned that program around. Um, and I think that state fans should really be happy about his legacy. I think he really brought a lot of positives to that program. Yeah, and they did it in the old school Big Ten style. They did it by building a dominant defense and proving that defense does win. And that is that was very refreshing. I mean, we had a couple years where they had a great defense and Michigan had a great defense, and those battles were epic and low-scoring. And a lot of times that's not what people like to see now or whatever, but I loved it. And I think that that was, um, that was really refreshing that it was that way. He didn't, he didn't come in and have some sort of crazy offensive scheme that allowed them to win a lot because they scored 56 points every week. Um, I think that comes and goes. And those teams are the teams that do great and then lose in the playoffs because their defense doesn't stop anybody either. Um, but their defense was fantastic. I mean, yeah. the year they, the couple years they had Shalit Calhoun at uh, defensive end, especially that was. I don't even know how to describe it. That I mean, that was the one of the best defenses in the country and one of the best defenses I've ever seen. Uh, the way they picked apart everybody. Yeah. Um, it was just incredible. Um, and they, I mean, that's how it started. I mean, that's how it, I mean, that's how it started as far as elevating from them from being a good, because they, they were 
they had another rebuilding, you know, before D'Antonio. They got D'Antonio. They went pretty quickly to a good Big Ten team. But then when they, a couple years later, they got that defense together, they went to a great Big Ten team slash national power type of a team. And for several years, I mean, in there, they had great bowl games. They're in the Big Ten championship game. I mean, Michigan's never been in the Big Ten championship game yeah. since they started that. Um, it was just incredible. Um, and I, my fear isn't, <laughs> excuse me, even, I mean, Michigan's, you know no matter what happens, it's going to be a little bit of rebuilding because you don't know who the coach is going to be. It's going to be different. Then they have, there's that timetable where, you know, they don't have any of their own recruits. They're dealing with whoever D'Antonio got this year or whoever. There could be a low number of recruits for a couple of years, and then, you know, you kind of build that back up. But I hope this doesn't just completely torpedo the rivalries either. Yeah. Because that, um, it just, it's so good. It's been so good. I mean, like Michigan and Michigan State has been absolutely must-watch TV since... Mike Hart called them the little brother. <laughs> yeah. And that uh, wasn't always the case. It's come and it's gone. You know, they, they, and that's so like in the 60s, it was great. You know, both teams were powers, you know, and, and so was Ohio State. And it was a good thing the Big Ten had going. And in this, into the 70s, too, like, you know, and that, but then it had years in the 80s, it had years in the 90s. I mean, most of the middle of the 90s, on Michigan State was not great. Um, so it was a little bit different. I mean, when your best player for the decade might be like like Tony Banks, you know, or something like. I'm not really sure. Yeah, like Tony Banks. D- nothing against Tony Banks. He was good, yeah. but like, there's a difference between good and great. Yeah, and uh, it's just, you know, it just didn't have it. And also, when that dip happened for Michigan State in the '90s, that's when Michigan State was in like a bunch of Rose Bowls and, and won the national championship. So right. that the disparity was there. Now, on the flip side, though, the even in the Except for, all right, I got to figure out how to say this. Except for the couple first Rich Rod years and a couple of years now in the Harbaugh. The, I mean, the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry has not gone anywhere. There's dips. There's been teams that have had a stranglehold on it. Like Ohio State has a stranglehold on it right now. But outside of the 156 to whatever, or two, like two of those games, most of the games have been close. It's just, you know, it's just been Ohio State's clearly a little bit better. I'm afraid that's not that's not going to happen with the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry for a while. And that it just, it doesn't help anybody. You know, it's just, if it's not as exciting, less people are going to watch. And it's just, but that's why that rivalry is a little bit different because it's happened where it's been up and down like that. And even, I mean, even Michigan has been like, that that happened at the beginning of when Michigan State got really good. Michigan had its Rich Rod years, and it wasn't. And Michigan State was dominating Michigan, which was great for the Spartans, and it was good. And it was good for the rivalry to get a little bit of a change like that too. But it wasn't – there hasn't been like this long-term evenness in the rivalry, except just now. Except, I mean, not this year, but you know what I mean. Like the D'Antonio years, for the most part, that was there. Michigan, Michigan State was a game that you circled nationally, not just around here. And I, yeah, I'm not sure where that's going to go. And that's, that's, it's just not great for the sport in general, not even yeah. just, you know. So, I mean, not that, you know, 
it hinges on when a coach goes or whatever. If D'Antonio stayed another year, they still were going to yeah, be not great. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not. This is not necessarily conti- like next year's performance was not at all contingent on who the coach was going to be, but what he established and the legacy he established, mo- like moving forward, that's going to be tough for another coach to come in and replicate. Yeah. So I think that's that's where we stand right now, and we'll see what happens, who they hire, and how they handle this. Uh, but it's definitely going to be interesting. I. We had, I mean, we had just a very few years there where we had, and we by we I mean residents of Michigan, where we had D'Antonio and Harbaugh, and Izzo and Beeline at the same time. That there was a few years there. That's insanely awesome to have those kind of like now Beeline to Jawan Howard. That's fine, you know. That's not that big of a deal. And Jawan's, you know, he's a new coach, but he's still a Michigan icon. So we still had that, but now. We're going to see if they can bring in somebody that keeps up with the other three in that foursome because, to me, that's what makes Michigan-Michigan State athletics so special. And not just against each other. It's just those kind of icons. I mean, Izzo's an icon. I mean, Beeline was – I mean, he like – and they all do things the right way too. You know, I mean, like, that's that's what – the big Big Ten country and blue collar America wants. We want coaches like that. We want players like that. That's why the best players in Detroit history are quiet guys like Al Kaline and Trammell and Whitaker and you know guys like that. And that's been the case for all the sports. Barry Sanders never said anything. You know what I mean? Like right. it was they were the quiet blue collar guys that we wanted. It's Iserman. Like this is that's what it's like. And so that's the big challenge now for Michigan State for the administration is to be able to find somebody that fills that spot with what they need. They need to be able to have some excitement and get moving, but it needs to be somebody who fits that part of the blue-collar, respected coaching community, too. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. Um, we will talk much more, I'm sure, about this as it un- as everything else unfolds. And shout-out to D'Antonio. I'll never forget where I was when they blocked that Michigan punt in that rivalry game a few years ago. Where were you? Uh, I was with two Michigan fans, and I was, you know, I was an Ohio State fan, so I, or I am an Ohio State fan, so I was neutral. But we had all these plans after we're going to hang out, and you know, it was going to be a good, a good time. They were all happy. Michigan was going to win, and then that happened, <laughs> and it just killed this little like party we had going. And like they, they just both went home. My friends was like, all right, see you guys. Um, it was just I wanted to like celebrate, but out of respect for them. I didn't, but I was I was laughing. I was, I was like, I could not believe what I just saw, and that was an incredible moment. And uh, those plays like that, they were known for. There's good defense, and they were that scrappy. Fake punt that they had with Cousins when yeah. Cousins was there. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just yeah. That, but that one is the most iconic play of oh, his yeah. tenure for sure. Oh, yeah. I was in the press box at Michigan Stadium. Oh, really? During that one. Oh, yeah. And I've never. I've been to Michigan Stadium a lot over the years, uh, both growing up as a kid and. <laughs> Uh, professionally in the you know I've never heard silence out of 113,000 people that is the only time I've ever heard that place silent even Michigan State fans were silent because everyone was in such shock of what happened no one could believe what happened yeah but there were there was like a minute and a half of silence yeah and then the slow smaller cheers of the Michigan State fans because it was a road game for them you know whatever it was 
it was insane. Yeah. So, um, well, good luck to Coach D'Antonio and his yeah. future endeavors. Uh, but <laughs> definitely the end of an era, and we'll see what happens from there. Um, let's shift gears to the Super Bowl. Bo, never a doubt that Mahomes was going to bring never. him back in the last six and a half minutes or seven minutes there. Uh, he says halfway sarcastically. Um, San Francisco looked really good for three and a half quarters. Like, really good. Yeah. They did what they had to do to get anything done. They had to get some pressure on Mahomes. They had to, you know, figure, you know, they figured stuff out. They got a couple interceptions. But then Mahomes finally went Mahomes and, uh, that was something to watch, to be honest. What, do you, what what was your take on that fourth quarter? Well, I think we're witnessing one of the all-time greats in the making. Uh, with After two years, we're saying that. Yeah. And I'm not going to rip Bo apart or even make fun of him for saying that. Yeah. That's where we're at. The guy's amazing. Um, no, honestly, it was like, and I swear to I, I told people this when they asked me, you know, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? It's like, Mahomes. That's who I think. Not the Chiefs. Mahomes. Right. I think he's going to win the Super Bowl, and he did. Uh, I think it's as simple as... It came down to who's going to make the plays, Mahomes or Garoppolo, and Mahomes did, Garoppolo didn't. I mean, Mahomes made that insane pass to Tyreek Hill when he was wide open, just chucked it up, and he just made it Under happen. Under duress. Under duress, yeah. Then there's that third and goal, that touchdown pass that barely got in on the corner, the front corner of the end zone. Um, and then, yeah, Garoppolo, he missed wide open guys, and he just didn't make it happen. It's, and he did for a while, but he just, you know, when the big moments happen... Also, when the big moments happened, the Chiefs' defense got to him. True, yeah. which was big. That yeah. helped play into it. But yeah, they had they, they, right before they scored the first time. They they had that three and out, or maybe it was after the first. Well, it, it, both times it was a three and out, mm-hmm. and it's just like before that first touchdown, you're up two scores. If you can just stop running the ball and throw it a couple times, get a get a couple first downs here. You're eating minutes and minutes off this clock. It was, yeah. And I, th- I think it was too, a bummer. I think it was like, as much as I blame Garoppolo, I also blame Shanahan too, because, I mean, every time they gave the ball to Mostert or Tevin Coleman, I mean, it was an easy five yards. It was like, why are you not just? They, it's like they were forcing Garoppolo to win it for him, when in reality, I don't. When they think, were already ahead. Yeah, I don't think the Chiefs could stop the run game. It would, no matter what Mahomes could do. I think that if the 49ers just said, you can't stop our run, we're just going to keep pounding it. I think had they done that, I think they would have won still. Yeah, cause it would, and it would have eaten more clock up. Even if it didn't yeah. work perfectly, it would have eaten enough clock where they wouldn't have had enough, as many chances. Yeah. Or it would have put even more pressure on them because they would have had less time, less margin for error. But yeah. that was something to see, though, that yeah. comeback. And like you said, Mahomes. Who's going to win? Mahomes. Yeah. How many people in your lifetime have you said that about in a Super Bowl? Like, in my lifetime, the only two people I can think about that you would say that is Brady and Joe Montana. Mm -hmm. I don't think – I mean, it's hard to say that about someone that's not the quarterback. But, but you know, no one – I mean, even during the big years, you never – who's going to win this thing? Roethlisberger, no. Mm -hmm. You never – even though they won some. Who's going to win this game? Emmitt Smith, no. Mm -hmm. Troy Aikman, no. Uh, Steve Young, maybe – but it wasn't, you know, his legacy was proven with what he did in that Super Bowl when he finally got the chance to start after Montana had those other ones. Like, there's just maybe Favre. Mm. Mm. But still. He was they kind had, of a choker, though. But know? they had Reggie White, and they had those great defenses yeah. at times. And same thing. I mean, Denver finally got there. You, I mean, like, you were hoping Elway would win, so you weren't thinking he was going to do it by himself. Yeah. Um, 
but that's that's where what we're talking about though here he's he's to that point of legend where that puts him in the i mean think about the quarterbacks since we're gonna say since the mid 80s when that group montana you know what i mean and ever emerged if you're putting him already with montana and brady that means you're already putting him ahead of aikman dan marino elway a lot of others. I mean, it's it's crazy. Favre, Peyton Manning, even. I mean, like you thought the Colts were going to win because of the scheme. You never, you you know, not just the scheme, but they had a good scheme. You know what I mean? Like they had a good uh, offensive game plan. But like he didn't do it by himself. You know what I mean? Like you're. Ta- I mean, if you're putting him at the level of of where we're after two years. He's at least even with Favre and Manning, yeah. and only below Brady and Montana. That's insane. It's crazy. That's insane. Um, that is uh, the sound of the sport changing, mm-hmm. um, and I, I don't think they're done. I don't think no. the Chiefs are done. And I never say that. Even about the Patriots, maybe when they won that three in a row or whatever, I like mm-hmm. they say that. But like, f- there's only 16 games. In the NFL, plus well, maybe seventeen coming up soon. We'll see how they vote with that. Oh, yeah. But, but and then a couple playoff games. There's too many things that can happen. Mm-hmm. There's too many things that can happen to teams that you think are going to make a dynasty, and then their running back blows their knee out, and then you know there's too many injuries and too many unknowns, and right. and too few games. If you put a key injury in the same season where your quarterback plays lousy for three weeks in a row. Which is going to – quarterbacks are going to play lousy. Like the best quarterbacks in the world are going to play lousy here and there. But if you put that streak together where they, they play lousy three times so he there's some interceptions, whatever, then somebody else, a key running back, receiver, defender, whatever, gets hurt. Then they play the team that scores 50 points a game and they can't quite keep up. Then your quarterback gets pounded, sacked six times in a game or whatever like that. If all that stuff happens even to a good team, you're barely making the playoffs. If not, if you do make the playoffs. And those all can happen because pretty much every NFL team is good enough to do that. Not consistently, but on any given Sunday. That's why that stupid movie was called Any Given Sunday. Right. But like, so that's it's so hard to repeat. It's so hard to repeat. I mean, I, I would say it's even harder to repeat in football than other sports because of that. There's so little margin for error with it being 16 games. I mean, like, yeah, it's hard to repeat in baseball because of the grind of 162 games. But if you got the same three pitchers that are awesome, you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. That's why the Braves won 13 champ, uh, division titles in a row. Of course, they only won one World Series mm-hmm. out of those 13 years. So it's hard to repeat in any major sport, but really football because there's too many unknowns. I mean, who knows? Who who? How do we know Mahomes isn't going to be out half of next year with a concussion? You never know. I mean, right. like especially the quarterbacks. So, but I think there's so many pieces there, and with him, if he's healthy, I see them. I mean, I'm not going to say they're going to win next year. I'm not going to guarantee that, but I would say it would be say you could easily see them winning three of the next five. Yeah. If Mahomes stays healthy, um, and they keep up with their pieces around him and everything so i mean that's when's the last time we said that again maybe brady brady but i mean not even manning i wouldn't really say no because you 
you didn't know what was going to happen there. Yeah. And you never trusted the Colts' defense. No. So it's just interesting. And that's the way it's been. I mean, think of some of the greatest teams ever. That 72 Dolphins team that went undefeated. Mm. They didn't go back-to-back. Yeah. Steel Curtain won a couple. But there's the Cowboys there, too. There's other dynasties, you know. The 49ers, what, in the 80s won four. That was a big deal, you know. Um, and then the Cowboys came back and won some more. The Patriots won a ton. But, like, even the best Patriots team I've ever seen lost the Super Bowl. Yeah. They went undefeated all the way to the Super Bowl and lost on that crazy, what, David Tyree catch and yeah. all this stuff. That's the best Patriots team I've seen, and they lost. That's my favorite Super Bowl of all time. It was great. Yeah. It was a great Super Bowl. Yeah. So it's just interesting. So we'll see how it happens. But I would. this is the first time I've been somewhat confident saying I think they're going to win some more. So yeah. um, we'll see what happens. All right, so I, we want to talk about the Super Bowl halftime show a little bit because there's been some scuttlebutt uh-huh. about this on social media and everything. And there's always – I mean – that Janet Jackson thing happened when I was working. I mean, that that and the wardrobe malfunction mm-hmm. was like ten years ago or whatever now, and yeah. that's changed how the Super Bowl halftime show was looked at. For a while, they had old rocker guys doing it every year. They had mm-hmm. the Black Eyed Peas one year that was pretty cool, um, with all the kind of like blacklight stuff that they did and everything mm-hmm. like that. But but for them, uh, maybe Katy Perry did it once, right? Uh, but like, I'm not sure. It's it's had to be like super tame yeah after that it was not super tame no not at all <laughs> but i also don't know if it was as bad as a lot of people are thinking but what i mean what was your what were your thoughts on it uh well i don't have much respect for the super bowl halftime show i don't really like the super bowl halftime show they don't really get artists that i really care about well even um, so they're like they do like a medley of their five best songs and they yeah. sing like one verse and of I don't it like and then that. it's yeah. Yeah, I think it's dumb. Uh I really think it's dumb. And it's too much of a spectacle. It takes away from the focus of the game, I think. I don't like it. I will say, you know, you're sitting there with your family and then, you know, J Lo and Shakira are shaking their behinds on national and which is so like to me it's so degrading to oneself. It's like to entertain you have to like, you know, shake your, your rump just to you know, get people's attention. It's like you guys are. What are you guys doing? You know, where, where's the talent? You know, I don't want to see a you know a half nude burlesque show, man. Let's see some real you know some talent here. So that's and that's why I don't like the Super Bowl halftime. It's like it's not it's not a much not as much about talent as it is about the spectacle of it. And so that's let's why I don't let's be clear. It. You're not saying that Shakira and J Lo don't have talent. You're saying that it's not they're shown very correctly. Attractive. But you're yeah, saying it's not, not shown yeah. correctly in that kind of exactly. A yeah. Sense. Okay. It's like where's the great voice or where's the great you know I didn't think Shakira's was that bad. I mean that's her uh, music. That's the style of dance that goes yeah, along with it. Yeah. And she wasn't dressed quite as provocatively as J Lo was. Yeah. I think hers wasn't as bad um, it didn't really bother me. I mean, I got kids. They were watching it. They were dancing along too. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't weird until J Lo came out mm-hmm. with what she was wearing, and it wasn't even that. Like, it's hard to describe because, like, I don't necessarily have a problem with tasteful skin showing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But what she was wearing, the like the the like the leather like chaps with the, you know what I mean with the, whatever, top she had on, and it was, it looked, it was not even, 
it looked almost like weird bedroom dominatrix. Yeah. Like, it wasn't even, you know what I mean? Like, of course, J-Lo's known for her rear end, so we're going to see a little rear end. But even, in and that idea in itself doesn't necessarily bother me, but it was the way it was. Like, the specific style of what she was wearing yeah. was what made me go, really? Um, but try to not overblow it in front of my kids so they didn't, you know what I mean? I didn't want them to over react or whatever because if they don't think it's that weird i'm not going to be the one to tell them that it's weird because they're young enough that it's not you know what i mean we're not in the same realm yet um but so i guess my take is that i didn't really have a problem with what shakira did Mm -hmm. i didn't like the choice of what j-lo wore um but again there's different ways of doing that i mean if you've got like hot pants on and you, you can still see the entire uh outline of a booty right yeah that's a completely different but you're still getting the same effect you know what i'm yeah. saying like i yeah. thought it was just it was i guess what sh- there's a difference between i guess what it comes down to is what the difference between sexy and sexual mm-hmm. i feel like shakira was wearing something that was sexy and jayla was wearing something that was sexual mm-hmm. and i think that's a huge difference that not everybody has so i didn't i didn't mind that it was the two of them i you know i like some of their music whatever i didn't i wasn't appalled by the halftime show like a lot of people were but i wouldn't have chose that wardrobe for j-lo i guess is what i'm saying so i mean like any kids i mean like my kids watch some of the dance shows that j-lo's on to you know i mean that she's the host of and any anything involving dance is involving movement of hips and stuff and different costumes And maybe less, more skin showing at times, or at least skin tight outfits, because that's what dance brings. So th- again, that in itself doesn't do it. But it was the, again, the difference between sexy and sexual, and I think the line was slightly crossed there. Not so much, obviously, not like Jim Jackson and yeah. that and that situation, because that was completely different. But enough that I think you're probably going to see a. Male group now, but now and now, if you mm-hmm. now is this fair too? I mean, last year it was Adam Levine mm-hmm. who is a star and you know has been on The Voice and everything like that. There were three different times in his show that he took his sh- ripped his shirt off, yeah. and was performing without a shirt Nobody altogether with yeah. super tight pants yeah. and no shirt. Uh-huh. I mean, that's a problem in our society. The difference between those two, but True. I would argue those are the same. True. Um, that's more of Adam Levine than I wanted to see, <laughs> you know. Oh, I, I, um, I didn't want to see any Adam Levine, but like, <laughs> but you know, that's that's the difference. Is like, you know, guys can pretty much do almost anything, and it doesn't have the same sexual whatever. Man, we really got into this part of the conversation, yeah. didn't we? But like, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I don't want to go any further. I guess, the, but uh, the only thing I would say, like, just like. For my opinion, at the end of the day, I don't have any strong feelings toward it. Like, oh, you know, she shouldn't have done that. At the end of the day, they can do whatever they want. I'm still going to be getting more chips and getting another beer, and you know, right? Because it's the Super Bowl yeah. and it's the halftime show, and yeah. you, like I said, you're you're hearing one verse of three of their songs. I just don't care enough. Yeah, so they can do whatever the heck. Why they, want. they spend that yeah. much money to put all yeah. that staging on and have all those hundreds and hundreds of people? have to put that up and break that down within like five minutes. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I still don't know why they don't do it as like a pregame. 
mm-hmm. in a like yeah. in the same town mm-hmm. or next door or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> it just it to me it's so much for so little time, and then you get moments like this where everybody's pissed. But like, I remember the J Lo thing. I mean the Janet Jackson thing happened. And we were all stunned because it was so. This is not just. This is not just somebody wearing something weird. This is somebody that ripped off an article of clothing purposefully. Right. That's completely different. But then the next year it was like, it was, uh, they're like, well, we're going to go the opposite direction. And it was um, Tom Petty. And I'm like, Tom Petty's songs aren't loud enough to be the Super Bowl halftime show. Uh I'm like, we went to an old man singing softly. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, the Paul McCartney one was good. They had one with him because it's Paul McCartney, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, but other than that, you two, you two did one, yeah. But it's still Prince. not enough of their music. You know what I mean? Like, it's half. Yeah. It's a verse of each song, and yeah. it's it's yeah. a weird. It's almost like they're just reward of a spectacle. It's like a medley. It's just really yeah. strange to It'd be me. Cool if they just committed to like. Two I thought hits. the Black Eyed Peas one was pretty good because it was still now ish music. You know, not yeah. ish then, especially it was now mm-hmm. music. That I feel like that's been the problem. They like they overcorrect by going to do the Rolling Stones. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with the Rolling Stones or Paul McCartney or Tom Petty doing this. <laughs> but when that's the overcorrection response to too much new sexual energy or whatever like that, and then you go back to then your response is let's go to the old men. That's not winning either. If you're trying to build this audience for now, you've got to find somebody now. And you got to be able to find that balance. Yeah. So I will be interested to see who they pick next yeah. year, but also not that interested. Exactly. That's the thing. Until the only two acts I want to see, if they got Radiohead, which will never happen, Probably unfortunately. Not. That would be awesome, but it's not going to happen. The, the other thing I'd be interested in, too, is social media is clamoring for them to recreate the Star Wars, or Star Wars, excuse me, uh, Spongebob. Rather, that's quite uh, a bit different. Sweet victory, yeah, a lot, I don't know why it's, it's Star Wars in the mind. Apparently, uh, they recreated the SpongeBob uh, Sweet Victory thing. Uh, I'd be down with that too. They should have did it when it had the momentum uh, last year, but they didn't do it. They, they just showed like a clip, but like um, until they do those two things, which they probably won't ever do. Even I'm, Star Wars, yeah. get some people dressed yeah, up and act know, some stuff like out. I mean, yeah. like it's different enough. Like, yeah. I mean, my, I'll be honest, my favorite band still of all time is Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem from the Muppets. Let's get them up there. <laughs> there that would be yeah. hilarious, right? I mean, yeah, like, it's funny. Like, yeah, go for funny. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'd it, be interested it, it in doesn't, that. and it yeah. would, it's a, such a short show. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. no one's going, oh my gosh, this is the best I've ever heard J-Lo. No, it's not because she's yelling into the mic because she's in a football stadium right. packed with people that yeah. you're trying to get one verse of three songs out in three minutes. Yeah, it's not the same. You There's know what too I mean? Too much going on. Yeah, right. So it's, make it different. Make it funny. Have Chris Rock perform at halftime. See, like now, now, now we're talking. Yeah, it's like I don't want any more of these pop stars. Let's take a break from the pop star route. It's like, ugh. Yeah. Well, I mean, there honestly haven't been that many though at the halftime. There's been true. as many old men. That's true, actually. Yeah. So yeah. So may, I'm guessing we'll see an old man next year. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Springsteen or something like that. I and think then, Neil Young is still alive. Yeah. I mean, like, and it, again, I have no problem with that. But if, if, they, if, they're, if their goal is to do that every other year, then that's probably what's mm-hmm. going to happen. But, like, I thought last year was decent enough that it was somebody current mm-hmm. uh, with the Maroon 5, you know, or whatever, Adam Levine in the room. Uh, Personally, like, I don't like their music. Right. Yeah, but but I, I don't still, mind it either. But yeah. it was like, at least it was the right track. You're talking about... A, 
a new group. So right. um, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah. again, not as outraged as most as many people are, but also don't care as much, but also agree that it sounds like we all we both agree that it was slightly across the line, but mm-hmm. but nothing to keep lingering feelings yeah. about basically. Exactly. Yeah. So, all right, and we have we did have some local sports. We actually did have some we local did. sports. Just want to talk about a couple things. Um, the Hope Women won on Senior Day on Saturday. Uh, win number six hundred and two for Morehouse. They honored him it was his first home game since getting six hundred. So they honored him um, before the game, which was really cool to see. Um, and they're, uh, they won on the senior day for Kayla Russell and Erica Tolbert. And the Hope men lost at Olivet, which was a very tough loss for them uh, after beating Trine at home where they were the clear underdog. Uh, they were the clear favorite at Olivet and lost. So they're still back to being 500 in the MIAA. So um, high school stuff, we had uh, some great games. Uh, Hudsonville edged West Ottawa in both of their games that were really close. Um, I was at the Holland Christian Hamilton doubleheader, and the Holland Christian Hamilton girls matchup has been the marquee matchup in girls basketball around here for a long time. Um, Holland Christian was really good, and Hamilton was kind of up and coming. Then they were even for a while. Then Hamilton took off and has had this you know mini dynasty almost for this area, and but Holland Christian has not like dropped off a ton either, and. Holland Christian went to Hamilton and crushed them. And everyone's wondering, oh my gosh, is is Hamilton that bad? No, they're not. They didn't play well. And A.J. Ediger did not play well. She only had two points, uh, but they had a good defensive scheme on her. She got in foul trouble. And Holland Christian is that good. So, um, yeah, that's that's where we're at. And then the Holland Christian boys team won... uh, won pretty easily over Hamilton this time. Um, but that's, I mean, that's, I doubt it'll be that lopsided the next time, but it was just so odd that it was because it's still, I mean, the Holland Christian girls team is really good. And um, and Hamilton is still good too. I mean, we're, we're talking about Holland Christian. Uh, they lost to Unity. Hamilton crushed Unity for the girls. Um, and then both have teams have lost to Byron Center. Byron Center's, in first place um then on the boys side uh unity the defending champion that hasn't lost in forever actually lost on friday too to byron center the byron center boys and it snapped like 46 game win streak or something like that or at least conference win streak or whatever it was and byron center beat them hamilton boys who have not been great beat Byron Center. That's their one win in the league, and they beat the team that beat Unity. So it's just the the OK Green is so crazy like that, and there's there's not – it's never been this even top to bottom um, for both the boys and the girls, and that's been very exciting. So we'll see what happens this week. We've got Hope Calvin this week, uh, men's game at home on Saturday, and uh, Holland Christian Unity Christian showdown on Friday, plus – another Zealand East-West showdown. So we'll have all that wrap-up next week. Um, But, uh, yeah, enjoy some sports. Go out and watch some of that basketball. And uh, we will be talking much more about that next week.